Since we were founded, very nearly 20 years ago now, Positive Momentum has been actively advocating for more diverse and inclusive workplaces, which in our experience leads naturally to far greater numbers of female leaders. It's one of many reasons that we chose to become a certified B Corporation in 2021. The moral, social and economic reasons for gender balance are now abundantly clear, and yet somehow we're still a frustratingly long way from parity in representation. We long for the day when International Women's Day is simply a celebration of an imperative achieved, rather than a reminder of how far we still have to go. Until that day, we'll keep doing our best to keep this issue in the spotlight. And today that involves me, Matt Crabtree, having the honour of introducing a special International Women's Day 2022 episode of Meet the CEO, where seven of my colleagues each introduce a favourite clip from a Meet the CEO podcast from recent months. Each of these women and the women they've chosen to highlight in this podcast are role models for all of us as we work tirelessly toward the goal of balance, understanding and complete inclusivity as the norm. I'm Karen Taplin and after navigating a career in investment banking and supply chain, I'm now a partner at Positive Momentum helping clients as they lead, change and grow. It's International Women's Day which got me reflecting on our female guests of Meet the CEO podcasts, all of whom have such insightful messages and stories to share. In our podcast with Denise Crossley, who is the CEO of Lantern Debt Recovery, she puts their customer promise at the heart of all they do. How does she do this? Well, with her brilliant team. In this podcast, it's a brilliant reminder of the impact our leadership has on our teams in terms of how they feel, interact, listen to each other and provide valuable feedback. Denise reminds us that we are all human, not perfect, and we sometimes make mistakes. Her three tips of advice really stood out for me as something I've always personally worked on and also share with my clients alike. They are... Don't be afraid to push yourself forward. Don't underestimate yourself. And you can't be perfect at everything. Have a brilliant team around you. A big thank you, Denise, for being so open and sharing your personal learnings with us. Who would you say has influenced the way that you lead? I'd say it's my team. Okay. Because... Again, and it's a maturity thing as well, but the more people you manage and the way you lead your team matters in terms of how they feel. And I think how they feel is so important in terms of how they interact with you and and the camaraderie that you build. So again, it's about interacting, listening, feeding back to one another. And if you're doing something wrong, then find out what it is. Mm-hmm. Can you improve on what you're doing? I, I do like to do that. We, we don't always get everything right. It's not possible. We're human beings. But I think that they have definitely been the biggest influence because I'm interacting with them on a daily basis and I can't do the job without them. And they yeah. probably can't do the job without me. So it's a team thing. Brilliant. That's, um, that's a pretty original answer, actually. So well, thank you very much for it. Keeping on the, the, the theme of team, what in your history has been the secret to having an effective executive team around you choosing the right people yeah 
uh, is key, but not always going off a CV. You, you, you've got to meet people. You've got to get to understand about them as individuals. We all know that CVs can be masterfully written <laughs> and you don't know anyone until you've lived or worked with them. I, I truly believe that. I think not just listening to one person in terms of doing your homework on them, then working with them and ensuring that they understand what your expectations are of them and how you like things done, but not being afraid to listen to other ideas. And again, it's back to the listening thing. I like to, I like to promote within. I'm, I'm well known for doing that, but there are occasions when you can't do that. So I think it's having those conversations with those that are left behind to get them to understand why they didn't quite make the grade, but they might make it later on as the business grows. I, I think along the years, people have stayed with me because they like my leadership style. I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not, but I'm very honest and open. And I think that's key is not beating around the bush. If there's something to say is to say it, but say it in the right way. What, what's the three pieces of advice that you might give to somebody perhaps quite new in their career, maybe quite a few years in, but somebody who aspires to be a CEO? Okay, I would say don't be frightened. Right. Don't be frightened to push yourself forward. And forgive me for saying this, but I have to. That message goes out to women more than men because, yeah. unfortunately, it's a tough gig for women. You shouldn't underestimate yourself is the second piece of advice because it's easy to do that. And I know people that haven't put themselves forward for jobs because they underestimate themselves. But, you know, who, who taught me to be a CEO? No one did. I had to learn along the way. And sometimes you have to learn by mistakes. Um, and sometimes that's the best way of learning as long as they're not <laughs> colossal mistakes. <laughs> and I think the other thing is you have to have a great team around you. You're not a one-man band. You can't do it alone. You don't be fearful of, of, of admitting that. You have to have help and you can't be good at everything. So I think having the best people you can get around you is key. And on some occasions, they on most occasions, probably should be better than you are so that you can guide and direct the business, but leave it to others to execute your plan. Hi, I'm Lindsay Olnowski, and I've been a partner at Positive Momentum for five years. Prior to that, I worked for the data giant Experian, and then spent 15 years of my career working for the Icarno Group in various commercial and leadership roles. Icarno was founded by the same family as IKEA, and due to its strong heritage, I was fortunate to experience a very inclusive, collaborative and open culture. Values that align with my own, and one that continues to guide me in the work I do today. On International Women's Day, I wanted to celebrate Tara Waite, CEO of Premium Credit, one of the largest specialist finance companies in the UK. This year's International Women's Day theme is Break the Bias and celebrates being in a gender-equal world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination. There are so many perceptions and fixed ideas about what a leader looks like and women continue to be influenced by these stereotypes, try to be something they aren't or feel like an imposter because they don't think they fit. 
In Tara's Meet the CEO podcast, she talks about her journey to becoming a leader, from scientist, chief of staff to CEO and various roles along the way. While she learnt from those who she admired, the key message from Tara is to trust in and be true to your authentic self. She shares a story about the time she had to close part of her business and in order to manage the situation in the best possible way for her customers and her colleagues, Tara drew upon the qualities true to herself, humbleness, honesty, listening, communicating openly and owning the challenge. To break the bias, we need to keep on sharing and celebrating women's leadership achievements and cheerleading these unique qualities. It's not just what we do, but also how we do it that matters. We've all got our own unique qualities. So be you, not who you think you need to be. And don't be afraid to bring your whole self to work. Thank you, Tara, for sharing your insights and stories with us. And then I think probably the last thing I think is if you decide to do this job, then you have to do it as you. There's probably a huge pressure with people coming into this role to be a certain kind of person because people have an idea of what the most inspiring CEO they've ever seen looks like. <laughs> and, and the problem is you are who you are. And if you are, for example, a more introverted style uh, of person, then you can't be a visionary CEO setting the world on fire and, and motivating people with a single speech. So you've got to understand and trust yourself and know that you can earn the confidence and trust of your board, your people, your customers in your own way. It doesn't mean you don't do speeches and get better at them, but you're going to be your own authentic self and, and you'll find your way. But I think knowing that before you start is, is super, super important. My name is Lucy Johnson and I have been a partner in Positive Momentum since 2020. I joined following a career in banking and insurance. I have deep financial services experience and a passion for leading. In celebration of International Women's Day, I wanted to share this Meet the CEO podcast extract from Lara Burra. Laura is the CEO of The Economist, having taken up the role immediately prior to the pandemic. The podcast is frankly full of leadership hints and tips, and despite having never met Lara, she left me with the impression that she is the sort of person that I would like to be led by. The extract I am sharing particularly resonated. It's full of humility that is warming and inspiring. Lara also articulates beautifully her strategy behind building and leading a successful team. Whilst Lara is talking about her leadership as CEO, there is no doubt that the approach she takes can be applied to whatever team you are leading. At the end of the clip, Lara is asked about the big future changes she is anticipating as a CEO. I won't give her way her answer, but it is brilliant and thoughtful. So thank you again, Lara, for sharing your perspectives as a CEO. Let's talk about teams and let's talk particularly about executive teams because obviously for a CEO, as you've sort of hinted a little bit already, that's such a critical team and during the last couple of years been so critical. What for you is the secret to a really effective exec? Look, I'll start by saying that I, you know, I think you you can do better here every day as a as a leader, right? I'm not sure. Maybe maybe I'm selling myself short, but I'm not sure. I would say I am yet the perfect leader of an executive team. But I think the things that are important are uh, that idea of fellowship and shared leadership agenda are really important. So a team of equals with a shared purpose and vision. And I think shared ownership of the business as opposed to divisional ownership of bits of it. 
and that takes time, right? People have to connect and 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 have this vision. I think that's one. Two is not being afraid to sort of make some difficult decisions about whether people are going to be able to do what you need them to do, right? So people, I think, all arrive with best intentions and we all recruit people with best intentions. They don't always work out that way. And so being able to have really good, open, honest, sort of um, respectful conversations about this isn't working out, I think is important because otherwise the whole team suffers. I think that's that's probably my my lesson there. And then ultimately back to sort of the David, David Gilbertson, you know, the wine bar theory. I think there has to be some fun in it. You know, I think the secret of a good executive team is people who can work together, but also have a really good time together, uh, people you want to hang out with. And even if they're different to you, there's something really interesting about being in their presence. And, you know, I'm blessed with that at The Economist, just an unbelievably interesting group of people. It's wonderful to hear. And and you're so right about getting that blend of people who want to just hang out together. I love that expression. And in our work with Xcos, you we often share this point of view and you get people looking at you quite quite quizzically saying, well, this is, this is a professional environment. We just need to complement each other from a work point of view and surely that's enough. But you know it. When people are connected and they have that, yeah. just that, as you say, fascination with each other, actually. Yeah. You can feel it, can't you? Yeah, especially in a crisis, because it goes down to those connections, right? All the other rules can go out the window in a crisis, but that connection is what keeps you all on the same page, and I think that's important. And it's hard to build, and you know, new teams in particular, I think it takes time. It's not a, you don't go to an offsite and it happens. That not that the truth? Ain't that the truth? All right, um, last couple of questions. Changes on your horizon. You've hinted at the transformation of the media industry. You find yourself or continue to find yourself at the very epicenter of that, as you have for a while now. Big changes on your horizon. Look, I'm going to cheat again because we're on the eve of COP and I've been thinking about this. I think I'm very happy to talk about media change, but we've heard it all before, right? Um, I think the change we all need to focus more on is climate change, right? Uh, Because I can't see anything in any of our lives that isn't going to be touched by it. Um, And I, and, you know, like many of us, having read the reports that have been issued over the last few days, I'm disappointed in us. And I'm an optimist and I drive change. And so I'm all for it. Let's go. But I think we need to take a moment to really think about you know, in, in relative terms, just how much we obsess about our careers, our businesses, and then lots of other things, and how little yet we all obsess about this big change that's happening to our world. And, um, you know, without being melodramatic, um, we I think we'll solve it. I'm an optimist. But I think, you know, you know, the, the clock is more than ticking, and the time is now. So wherever I can, you know, I am making sure that I, that I uh, read up, learn up, and, and lean into this. Uh, and we, you know, luckily at Economist, we have a platform to to sort of affect the brain print, if not the footprint of the world. My name is Barbara Brown. After a very fulfilling leadership career in financial services with global banks, I became a partner at Positive Momentum. To reflect on International Women's Day, I wanted to focus on the important role of leaders in building powerful and diverse teams. Especially the reminder to do that at pace and by embracing the challenges of making strategic changes, even when these decisions are tough ones. Don't take too long to build a great team and then empower them to deliver great work. I thought sharing the candid reflections of one of our Meet the CEO podcast guests, Claire Marchant, the CEO at UCAS, captured the essence of this beautifully. UCAS, the university's and college's admission service, 
is a UK-based independent charity whose main role is to operate the application process for universities. Claire herself is a highly accomplished leader and a chief executive with a track record of leading and delivering across a wide range of sectors. Her achievements range from delivery of major digital transformation programmes to delivery of organisational transformation in challenging financial and political environments. She is widely recognised for her passion in leading and developing teams and large staff groups. With thanks again to Claire for her refreshing outlook on this important quality in a great leader. move on it quite quickly to build a team around you um, and I was helped in UCAS because a couple of people decided I wasn't the chief exec that they wanted to work for and left within three months um, but but also um, just in the first 18 months you know I pretty much changed almost the entire team brought a couple of people through the organization um, uh, and then brought some new people in um, now you might find as a chief exec going into a new organization or being promoted into a chief exec you've got 80% of your team in place which is fab but whether it's 20% that you need to change or a full 80%, get on and do it because you are only as good as your team. And that's the biggest thing I learned from Worcestershire. I waited a little bit too long in that regard. I'm Grace Salomon and I've been a partner at Positive Momentum since 2021. Prior to that, my corporate career included telecoms, pharmaceuticals and most recently travel, where I've been lucky enough to work with some truly inspiring women. On International Women's Day, I want to celebrate Amanda Davis, who since 2004 has held the role of CEO at Pobble, a social purpose organisation providing services to 30,000 people with a mission to make a difference in people's lives. Pobble means people in Welsh, and Amanda embodies a CEO who places people at the heart of everything. In her own words, the brand name itself reflects how the company is focused on who we serve, not what we do. Amanda is an accountant with an MBA who started her career in high finance. This background enables her to lead a company that is proud to be highly ambitious, with a £1 billion balance sheet and the drive to create 10,000 more homes over the next decade. What I find particularly interesting is how Amanda balances this commercial and social ambition. As she says, the better you are at the commercials, the more you can do in the social space. Here, Amanda talks about that ambition and vision and the importance of shared endeavour. Thank you to Amanda for sharing your inspiring words and encouraging more leaders to consider investing part of their career in the social sector. So we took the opportunity during the pandemic to, to think about our ambitions because you know, we, we are a business that has lots of, of good strategies to lead us on that path. But we decided to do something really odd during the pandemic, and that was to set our ambitions for a decade. We wanted to create a, um, a vision for our colleagues and customers, which was about more than the here and now. And the here and now has been really difficult. But to paint a picture of what could be in Pobble, and we set some very exciting ambitions for the next decade uh you know and we will and the strategies to get us there will morph and change but the thing that won't change is that absolute commitment to the team and shared endeavor that's what's going to get us i think to our ambitions 
My name is Sarah Beauvalet. I became a partner at Positive Momentum six years ago after a career in corporate banking and payments across several global banks in France and the UK. For International Women's Day, I wanted to cover the topic of sponsorship in career development and reference the very wise words of one of our podcast guests, Kirsty Donnelly. Kirsty is CEO of City and Guilds, an organisation which provides training and development to people worldwide and across all sectors. Kirsty is a passionate advocate of the role of digital in transforming how people live, learn and work. Her work was recognised through an MBE in 2011. In her podcast, Kirsty points to the role sponsors have played in her life, both in terms of helping her recognise her own abilities, but also indeed in teaching her what she didn't wish to emulate in leadership behaviours. A very helpful reminder of the importance of sponsorship in career development and our responsibility as either senior leaders to provide sponsorship to others or for people seeking career progression to proactively seek out sponsors. Our thanks again, therefore, to Kirsty for sharing these learnings with us. But I suppose when when it comes down to it, I've been kind of really influenced by just some really good leaders who I've had the opportunity to work with throughout my career. Like I say, 33 years ago, someone saw something in me, gave me that first break. And, 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 and you know, from that, those green shoots... You you, yeah. you you start to evolve. I think probably at a very personal level, my dad, um, he was a big influence on me, his own career, the, his way that he seemed to um, be very authentic in, in how he combined his work, home life. Um, always, I, I never knew that at the time, of course, but as I look no. back, I realized some of that was infiltrating into me watching watching him operate. But I guess I've just been lucky where I've had some pretty good leaders uh, yeah. along the way who I've also had a couple of ones that I wouldn't wish, wish to repeat. And, I've, you know, but, but in many respects, they've also been, I look at that now and think, no, that's very powerful learning because holding yeah. that mirror up to yourself and looking yeah. at some of those leadership traits you would never want to be, I think that's also been part of the, the lessons learned as well. Hello, my name is Linda Armstrong and I've been a partner at Positive Momentum since 2012. I come from a startup background, leading global sales teams and IT and people transformation. In celebration of International Women's Day, I wanted to share the Meet the CEO extract from Julie Harris. Julie talks about the part of the day she preserves at all costs in her schedule and why sitting down for dinner at the dining room table, often with candles lit, is so important to her. And regardless of your leadership role, it really resonated with me the reasons Julie describes as such a precious time, albeit recognising coming out of lockdown, it might sometimes be dinner at 9pm. Thanks Julie for sharing your perspectives from the lens of an experienced CEO. So what part of your day is sacrosanct? What what in your incredibly busy schedule is preserved at all costs in your schedule? Well, I think this has taken on much greater significance for me um, during lockdown. So over the last 12 months and that thing that I hold most dear and preserve at all costs is sitting down for dinner with my husband every evening. Uh, my daughter moved into her own home last year. So it's just the two of us. And we sit at the dining table. We often have candles lit um, and I'm fully present 
not half reading my emails, which I'm afraid I have a terrible habit of doing, but just, you know, enjoying delicious food that's uh, always cooked by him, by the way. Um, and it's become a really important punctuation to my day. Uh, and particularly, as I say, in lockdown, and, it, and just to stop, breathe, relax, laugh and and decompress. And I'm hugely protective uh, of that time and I value it massively. It's interesting, isn't it, whether that sort of thing will stay with us. A, a candlelit dinner every evening sounds fantastic. Do you think it's something that will endure beyond the limitations of lockdown? Do you know, I really hope it will, because I think it's, you know, it's a real connector for us. And 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 I think if you really want to have deep rest and turn your, your brain off for a bit, actually being really present uh, and talking about everyday things and, and doing something lovely, even if it's for half an hour, has, has really helped. Um, and I, I really would like to preserve that. Whether that dinner ends up being at nine o'clock at night rather than 7.30 at night, maybe, maybe another thing. Very well said. I'm Rachel Stallion, Partner Support Manager for more than 10 years at Positive Momentum, and it's my privilege to close today's special International Women's Day Meet the CEO podcast. With a thank you to everyone who participated in today's episode, and of course to you for listening. I'm proud to be a leader in a business that takes its responsibility to advance diversity and inclusion so seriously, and is helping to make sure that by the time my daughter Ruby is of working age, biases are well and truly broken.